Hey, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Well, good morning, Thrive Church. I am so looking forward to sharing with you this morning. And I can hardly believe it, but we are just a couple weeks away from Christmas. So really, it's only natural that over the next couple weeks, we focus on the Christmas story, the story that changed the course of history and offers to each and every one of us this beautiful opportunity to know the Savior that was born for our forgiveness, to dig into this story of Jesus's birth that unlocks everything good in our lives. It's the story that if you really let it sink into your heart, it will change the course of your history. Josiah and I are each going to take a different viewpoint of the Christmas story of Jesus's birth. There are many different accounts and viewpoints um, about the, the birth of Jesus. And I'm going to focus on Mary's point of view, the story by Mary's viewpoint and her experience. The mother of Jesus, the Virgin Mary, Now, if you've heard or read this Christmas story before, numerous times in your life maybe, maybe you've even just heard a few of those snippets of words I've already used, please do not tune me out. Do not tune this out. Stay with me. And let me ask you a few questions first. Do you have a call on your life that you feel God has purposed you to fulfill? Do you have fears, uncertainties, obstacles that rise up as you stare into your future? Are you unsure of what God even has in store for you? Now, I can pretty confidently say if you've lived any length of time, you can probably answer yes to at least one of those questions. And if it is a yes, then this sermon is for you. As we walk through the story by Mary's point of view and reveal something that is applicable to all of our lives. Today, I am going to talk to you about favor and empowerment. We're going to pick up the story in Luke 1, 28 to 30. and says, and having come in, the angel of the Lord said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, this is a crazy account. An angel, Gabriel is his name, visits Mary and tells her she is going to give birth to the savior of the world, despite being unmarried and a virgin. You can read about that more in verses 31 to 33 if you want. The angel, what I want to really, I found so interesting about this, this verse is the first part I want to draw out to you. And what's so interesting to me about this encounter with the angel of the Lord is that in a matter of three verses, the three verses that I read you, the angel tells Mary she is favored and blessed three different times. It seems important to the angel that for Mary to hear that she is favored and blessed. 
before before he even gets to telling her the news about what God is going to use her to do, he tells her she is favored and blessed in three different ways. I find this so interesting. I find that it made me start to ask why is finding favor with God? Why is being highly favored and blessed so important? Why is it communicated to Mary before she was told her call? I want you to get this and really hear it. This is what I drew out when I was reading this. It just popped off the page to me. God needed Mary to know how he saw her before knowing what he wanted from her. This is an important message for every person to hear. So I am going to say it again. So everyone in the back can hear. God needed Mary to know how he saw her before knowing what he wanted from her. What God thought towards Mary was first and foremost on his heart. Knowing, I believe that God knew that if Mary could see herself the way God saw her, then the calling and purpose he designed for her wouldn't seem so large. It wouldn't see so, seem so scary or so unattainable. The same goes for you and I. If you don't know how God sees you, I am here today to tell you, you are highly favored one. You are blessed and you are one who has found favor with God. You are perfectly and wonderfully made. And you know what? I believe that if we don't know how God sees us, it is very difficult, if not impossible, to discover the call and purpose that God has for you and I. Because when we know who we are in the eyes of our creator, then whatever he asks us to do will not seem so large or intimidating because we will know that that ask from God is coming from a place of love and care and trust from our creator. So again, let me tell you with all clarity and directness, you are highly favored. You are blessed and have found favor in God's sight. What does this mean to be highly favored? Those are really pretty words. But what does it actually mean that you are highly favored just as Mary was highly favored? Well, the biblical definition for you guys, highly favored means that you've received kindness, approval, partiality, friendly regard from a superior it means to endow a spiritual blessing or a special gift or special grace. That fires me up. That's how God sees you and that's how God sees Mary. Can anybody else get excited about that? If you can, put a little fire emoji, put some hands up, thumbs up, whatever you are feeling right now because that fires me up. If he sees Mary that way, then that's how he sees you and I. And then the next question that it made me ask was, what made Mary highly favored? Okay, God sees her that way. He is her creator. Why did he say that about her specifically? Well, this next verse, it's so beautiful. It's in Luke 1:45, and it says, 
You are blessed. This is the angel talking right to Mary. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. Another version says, great favor is upon you for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. Mary was highly favored and blessed because she believed the Lord would do what he said he would do. She received the word of God. Now, you know what? God's favor, I, I used to think it's just like this thing that just brings instant success or instant, fi- or instant fame. But you know what? His blessing, I'm just going to like forewarning her, his blessing on Mary, the honor of being the mother of the Messiah, the savior of the world, it would lead her to some pain. Her peers would ridicule her in ways. Her fiance came close to leaving her. Her son would ultimately be um, rejected and murdered. But through her son would come the world's hope. And this is why Mary has been praised for countless generations. It's why when sorrow tried to weigh her down or weighs us down or tries to take our hope, when the call of obedience maybe seems too big or insane or impossible, we can think about Mary and wait patiently for God to finish working out his plan, knowing that we can believe his word, that we can receive his word and trust it because we are highly favored in his sight. We can think like Mary and receives God's word, believing every word spoken to us from the Lord will ultimately bring about a good result. That God's favor will mesh up with the word of God and make a good ending. Mary receiving God's word was part of God's plan to carry out salvation for us. What's on the other side of you receiving highly favored one. Each of us has been given a divine purpose, favor, and direction. So like Mary, will, will you, will I submit to it and walk in the favor of God? Now you may just think that you're just ordinary or unqualified, not made for such a large purpose. How would it be possible to have a, a call like Mary's? Well, I want to just tell you that Mary was young, she was poor, she was female, which in those days you weren't even counted in the numbers, in the feeding of the 5,000, they weren't even counting the women in that. She was female, she was virgin. All of these were characteristics that people of her day, that for people of her day, made her seem unusable by God for such a major task. But God chose Mary for one of those most important acts of obedience ever, ever demanded of anyone. So you may feel like your ability or experience or education might make you an unlikely candidate for God's service. But if you trust him, he will use you. And you know, there's a beautiful promise, proverb, not promise, it is a promise, but there's a beautiful proverb that shows us what happens when we receive God's word and see ourselves like God does in Proverbs 3, 1 to 4. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. My child, never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart for they will give you a long and satisfying life. 
Never let loyalty and kindness get away from you. Wear them like a necklace. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will gain a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will direct your paths. Receive God's word. Mary received it despite what it would cost her, despite who she was or her qualifications or lack thereof. What is God calling you to? Know that whatever it is, his favor is on your life. He looks at you with eyes of blessing, kindness, approval, friendly regard. There is a special grace on your life to step into that call. So that in itself can give us the confidence to say, yes, Lord, let everything you say in your word come true. I can trust you. I can walk in the loyalty and kindness that Proverbs instructs me to do. I can follow your commands for my life. I can write your commands deep in my heart. I can seek your will, knowing that you will lead me, guide me, direct me, and favor will find me wherever I go. So that's the first piece. You are highly favored. That is how God sees you. Receive his word and trust in it. Now, the second piece I'm going to talk to you about is empowerment and this beautiful, beautiful promise that we have from God. Now, Mary's response to Gabriel's message, the angel of the Lord, and the promise from God was like fear right away, worry about what others would would think of her, especially the man closest to her. What is your first response to a large promise from God? What emotion rises up in you when God shows you something in his word or speaks to your heart about something, or you run into stumbling blocks on your journey towards fulfillment? Maybe you don't even have a clue what you're supposed to be doing right now. God hasn't spoken to you at all about the next steps. That can elicit fear, uncertainty in your heart, the same emotions that Mary experienced. She wondered to the angel of the Lord, this isn't going to pop up on the screens, but she wondered on Luke 134, how can this be since I don't know a man? Instantly trouble, fear, worry, questions, uncertainty, questioning why, how? And then Luke 135 is this beautiful, amazing statement for all of us to hold on to. It says the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Power will come from the highest. What was conceived in Mary was from the Holy Spirit. It was not from man. It was not from self-effort. It was not from perfect planning or great preparation. God knows I love to do all of those things, planning and preparation. But the Holy Spirit and power from God were the ones that enabled this to happen. The promise from God as Mary accepts the call His purpose for Mary was that she would not be doing it in her 
own strength, but rather that the Holy Spirit would empower her to walk out her call. That with the help of the Holy Spirit, she would see this come to fruition to bring the Savior of the world onto the earth, despite being a virgin and all the other things. Even with all the threatening challenges, judgments from other people, social rules and exceptions being broken, expectations being broken, nothing would stand in the way of God's power and the Holy Spirit's empowerment to walk Mary through this call to the other side. And just when you think it can't get any better than that, here comes the most beautiful promise of all for each and every one of us in Luke 1, 37. Not one promise from God is empty of power for nothing is impossible with God. Not one promise is empty. Anything that you see in the word will never come back empty of power. That is amazing. With God, nothing is impossible. So what is this power in the kingdom of God? Well, I got another definition for you. Power is the ability, the right, the strength, or the authority to do, act, or accomplish something. There is empowerment available to each and every one of us. God, by the Holy Spirit, gives us the ability to accomplish whatever he puts before us. You need strength, he's providing it. You need authority, it's yours. You're seeking wisdom, he provides it liberally. Because not one promise from God is empty. Seriously, guys, like read your Bibles. This is for real. This is not just for me to share, to see and to share because I'm a pastor's wife and Josiah and I pastor Thrive Church. This is the real deal. The word of God is accessible for each of us. It is types and shadows and examples available to anyone that's so bold to search it out and hold onto it and believe that this is the living word for your life and for mine. So I just want to encourage you with this, this scripture again, that nothing that seems impossible is when God is with us. And the Bible promises he will never leave us or forsake us. That is in the word. Jesus left earth saying it is better for him to go because he's leaving us with a comforter, the Holy Spirit. That is in the word. It is for you. So you can take that to the bank, no matter what your call, your purpose, or your situation today. God empowers us. Now that might seem all great and like, oh, like airy fairy or whatever, but I'd like to share a little bit of my story. And this is just a, a, I think a really beautiful picture of what it looks like for God to empower someone along their journey. So bear with me. I'm going to share a little bit of my story to bring this to, to life a different way. So I started my career as a coach. I'm only recently transitioning out of that career, but the previous 15 years of my working life were devoted to developing as a coach. Now, as soon as I finished my university career, I felt like God was calling me into being a coach. Actually, 
every single door that I tried otherwise was just slammed shut in my face. And doors for coaching seem to open with an ease to them. And at first, I'll be perfectly honest, I resisted. It was not the life I envisioned for myself. I certainly didn't think I was strong enough or good enough or smart enough to be a professional coach of any kind. But the more I prayed about it, the more I got into the word, the stronger I felt that this is what God was calling me to do. And just like that, just like that, a job that only comes around every 15 to 20 years. Seriously, professional coaches, you like get hired and you just like retire there. You don't give it up easily. They are few and far between. But as God starts calling me to this, his favorite self goes before me and a job opens up in the city that I'm already living in. Favor of God. I was hired and at the ripe age of 28. Now, you know what? There is the favor of God and, and I did my part of it. You know, I took the steps and I didn't just like, oh gosh, your favor goes before me. Like the job came up, I got my resume ready and I applied for it. But after that, it was God that finished the work for me. He took what the steps I took and, and the work that I put my hand to and he finished it off. He, I was hired 28 years old. That's right. It was a miracle in itself for that type of job. There were applicants, you guys, with many more years of experience than me, qualifications that exceeded mine at that time. But like I said, the favor of God went before me and opened doors. All I had to do was say yes to his call. Like I said, walk out the practical steps of applying for the job, getting the appropriate certifications, and the rest was God's favor and empowerment. So I get this job, I step into the leadership coaching role, feeling like Mary, highly underqualified, uncertain of my future with lots of fear. But as I accept God's purpose for my life, these amazing things happened. The empowerment of God. Top recruits from across the country slowly began committing to my team. Donor, so part of the, the job description is you raise $80,000 to $100,000 a year to offset the cost of running a program. Donors began knocking on my door with checks ready to donate. Now, most other coaches, they do extensive fundraisers, spend a lot of time. It is a ton of effort, and they have to do multiple fundraisers throughout the year. And donors were knocking on my door. Now, this is no joke either. You know, you got to have staff and assistant coaches. I would be sitting at an event, minding my own business, watching a game. Someone ra random would come and sit down beside me. You know, it's a pretty open community of people. We start talking. Sure enough, find out that we're a great fit for each other. We're passionate about the same things. This person is looking to grow and develop as a coach. I got myself another assistant coach. This kept happening and happening to grow my staff. Ideas, training plans, certification, development opportunities were given to me. No joke, you guys. People would send me to a conference that had exactly what I needed at that time to be equipped to deal with the situations I was in. That is the empowerment of God. Now, I don't want to make this all seem airy-fairy, rosy, like rosy. There were many valleys. There were many growing pains to me being in that job. But the beautiful pieces of God's power working through my life helped to encourage me and push me forward and set me up for success in the, that could never drag me down in the valleys that we're trying to. Now, 
What is that? Is that because I'm so good or so well connected? Not a chance. I know with my entire heart that this is a living example I'm to share with you of the Holy Spirit's empowerment working in my life to see to it that no promise from God is empty. Just like the Holy Spirit promised power and impossibilities to turn to possibilities to marry, that happened in my life too, and it can happen in yours. Now, maybe you're not feeling hot. Maybe you're not in this great place. Well, I want to encourage you with another scripture, another promise from God in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. There is a grace that unlocks power in our lives. What is the grace of God? It is unmerited favor, undeserved blessing, a free gift. And here, my favorite, yet another definition of all, supernatural ability to sustain, endure, or maintain our call. That is straight from the word of God, you guys. God's power working in us allows us to exceed what we could achieve or hope for by our own labors. His grace and his power are God, God-given resource that makes possible holy living when our life, circumstance, or everything else seems under fire. God's grace becomes his enablement, his empowerment to achieve his plan. And it is available to every believer. It is not reserved for those that are worthy, good enough, or qualified. You see here that if you are weak, then you qualify for this. If you feel weak, you qualify for this. It is a free gift given to us. The moment we say yes to Jesus, he is there for you. God with us is the only assurance that we need for success, you guys. It's what empowers us the same way that Mary was empowered. There's so much that we can accomplish on our own. I know that. So many to-do lists we can complete, projects that we can finish, tasks that we can attain. But anything of lasting value and impact comes through God's empowerment working through us. So will you yield to the word of God? Yield to his grace and empowerment. Yield to what the Holy Spirit is telling you. You know those random thoughts you have throughout the day? Could that be the Holy Spirit leading you into all truth? Yield to it. You know that tug in your heart every time you hang out with that certain person or text that guy or gossip with that friend? Could that be the Holy Spirit trying to give you power to another way of doing life so you can walk deeper into your calling? Power is not this creepy, abstract thing that's difficult to access. It is really daily help, daily strength, daily ability to walk out your life the way God intended you to. In case you are hearing this and you're discouraged or you have no idea what God's call is, or you just think this is a bunch of boo hockey and something for someone else, 
listen to this. That reference for is, is for all of my friends, lovers, by the way. Anyways, um, it's, listen to this verse, Philippians 3, 12 to 14. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may hold, lay hold of the, that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now it is clear here Every one of us has something to lay hold of, to press forward to, a call from God. And he wants you to discover it, to walk in the fullness of that call. We must press forward just as Mary did and lean into all all that God has for us. And I just really felt like I was supposed to share this verse with you guys. Um, it's really, it's kind of been like a bullet verse for me recently. And the picture that I got as I, I read, just kind of get more revelation on it, is that there's a call in front for every single one of us, but it's so easy to hold on to the past here. And as long as we're looking, we're looking back at our past or we're holding on, not only can we physically not move forward when you're being drugged this way, but you also can't see the call. You can't see it as clearly. It's easy to lose sight of it. And that's why I believe that God is urging us to look towards his call, to press on towards it and trust that his empowerment and favor is working on our behalf. You know, alongside of all that help, uh, all that empowerment, a help, a grace to fulfill it with the help of the Holy Spirit. This is another promise in Acts 1.8. I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. You just have to accept it. God has important work for you to do for him. Who will be like Mary today and say, I believe that the Lord would do what he said. Trust that as you say yes to God's word, his call, his view of you, you say yes to his power and grace to fulfill that call. You have everything available and accessible to you that you need. You are blessed and highly favored you have found favor in God's sight, and He loves you. Hey, thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message inspired you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to see you at a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information on our website, thrivecalgary.ca. If you'd like to become a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can also do that by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you. Have a great week.